0: When I was 14 years old, I went whitewater rafting in the Philippines. I was there as part of a scout camp. And this activity was designed to be the the time where they would bond us all together as a brotherhood, where, where we would come together for some team building and some team spirit. But it turned out to be one of the worst experiences of my life. It starts out serenely enough. They, they teach you how to whitewater raft right there on the banks of the river. They give you your jacket and they help to don your helmet and they put a paddle in your hand and everything seems to be perfectly fine at that point. And then they put you into the raft and they push you off from the side of the banks of the river. And there you are and you're drifting nicely down the river and the birds are chirping and it feels like everything is like kumbaya. And as you're drifting serenely and thinking this is beautiful, you suddenly hit that first rapid. And as your raft gets into that first rapid, it feels like all hell then breaks loose. And you're suddenly then shunted from side to side. And I remember in that experience, we weren't expecting it. And the the raft was going all over the place. And I dropped my paddle into the raft and I grabbed onto the side of it. And I literally thought that we were going to die. I thought that I would fall out into the water and maybe hit my head on a stone. I mean, it was horrible. And then we came out of that first rapid and things began to calm down again. And as we caught our breaths we heard this really strange sound it was the sound of laughter and we turned around to the side and there was our Filipino instructor at the back and he had a big broad grin on his face and he says these words he says hey boys that was just the warm-up he's like make sure you hold on tight and whatever you do don't throw up well the next 30 minutes was absolute pandemonium. I mean, it was it was like we were we, we were just hanging on. We we thought we had no idea what would be next. The rapids seemed to get one worse after the next, just worse and worse, thrown all around. I remember at one point I just completely lost my paddle in the river. I remember holding on for Grim death. I, I remember about 10 minutes in, screaming on the top of my lungs, Jesus, take me now. I wanted to go home and be with the Lord. Or if that didn't work, I wanted to go. Go back to that nice kumbaya, nice and serene, calm river that we had before. But no, we were in the heart of it. We were in the middle of it. We couldn't change it. And it was just so bad. All the boys were screaming. Everybody was crying out, hanging on. I mean, we thought we were going to die at every turn, every twist. And eventually, after about 30 minutes of this pure hell, we came out the other side. And everything seemed to calm down again. And we all managed to kind of catch a breath. And as I caught my breath, I felt something in my stomach. And I was reminded of breakfast. And I, I could feel breakfast was beginning to make its way up in me. You know that feeling that you've ever had when you you know you're going to throw up, but you don't want to throw up. And it gets worse and worse and higher and higher. And you're trying to hold it in. And I couldn't do it. And I suddenly just hurled right there over the little boy sitting in front of me. I mean, I'm talking chunks. Chunks on his helmet, in his hair, going down the back of his life jacket. I mean, it was the most gross, disgusting. I was so embarrassed this whole White water rafting experience was not bonding at all. It was literally the worst thing I had ever done. The next day, we have a new activity. And this activity is an orienteering hike in the beautiful hills surrounding our campsite. And these hills were up, appearing over that raging river we had been down the day before. And we were on about a four-hour hike. And I remember about three hours into it, our instructor, we're just walking along, looking at the beautiful scenery. And he stops us and he says, boys, you need to take a look at this one thing. And, and we said, what? And he, he points down to the ground and, and we hear this little trickle of water. Just just hearing it first and, and then we actually see it. And we see just a, a little trickle of water on the ground. I mean, it was a sort of thing, just like a bit of moisture on the earth that you would step over on a normal hike. And he stops us and he says, boys, this is really important. Look at this, these single drops of water, these things go. This is the source that fills and forms that raging river that we went down yesterday. It all starts here. And I remember looking down at the ground at this little trickle of water, thinking to myself, this is where, this is where it begins. This is the thing that forms that mighty raging thing we went down yesterday. I couldn't get in my head that in these small little water molecules stood the possibility of a great and mighty river. And it all reminded me of something that is really, really important. You see, all rivers begin with a single drop of water. And that single drop of water, it comes down and it joins with another single drop of water. And they join with another single drop of water. And suddenly you've got this case where there are thousands, millions of drops of water that are all coming and all filling up and creating a mighty raging river. And this river then can go and shape and form and change and transform the environment around us from one drop together, millions of drops together to a raging river that has the power to change It's environment. And that, my friends, that is the picture of the river model that God has given us today as a church here at the Vine in Hong Kong. This is the metaphor that God wants us to think about. That church is not a building, but actually a river. And if it's a river, it might actually have the possibility of changing everything around it. Last year, I brought us that picture of the River Vision model to us on Vision Sunday in March of 2019. And I thought that the important thing to do as we start our new Vision Sunday today is to actually remind us of some of the key things that I taught in that message before, because those things are some of the things that I want to build on in our talk today. So to help us to remember that, let me show you this short video of a recap of what I said last year at Vision Sunday. So the building metaphor has served us well. The building metaphor is biblical. But here's what I want you to hear. I believe that what God is saying to us today is very clearly this, that the building metaphor no longer can be the metaphor that we use when we think about what it is to be the Vine church. This, I believe, is the new metaphor that God wants us to understand and think about when we talk about what it is to be church. No longer a building, but a river system. And I think this is what God's saying to us. He's saying if you want to think about yourselves as a building, then just stay in one chai until you die. (laughs) Nothing wrong with one chai. But if you begin to think about yourselves as a river system, an organic ecosystem, then you'll not begin to limit the thinking of you as a church to a specific geographical location. You'll actually begin to think about whether everything in the city is being watered by the presence of God. You'll actually begin to flip your view from let's try to get everything into this one place to realizing that actually church is about getting everybody out into the city. That actually, church, really, if it's the gospel, if it's the presence of God, it's about us being the church in every little area and sphere of influence that we have. And under a river system model, you've got a big large river, you've got secondary rivers that might be these campuses, and then you've got tributaries that might be house church and missional community networks, and it all comes together in one living ecosystem whole, and we get to do that by fitting ourselves. the contour of the land in which God is sending us into. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. Isn't that great? These tributaries will be the thing that will actually flood the city to enable us to water every single part so that we might as a church make glad the city of God. I think the vision before us today is a river. And God's saying, are we willing to get out of our comfort zone? All of that happened over a year and a half ago, uh, before any of us had any idea about some protest movement or a a global COVID-19 pandemic. I mean, it should blow our minds that God in His grace so loved us that He came to us before any of that and said, hey, everything is about to change. And you as a church, you need to change to be able to adapt to it. And this word from God didn't come to us out of a vacuum. It's come out of a a number of years where he's been refining us and changing us as we've discerned his heart for us. Back in 2014, he, he centralized our focus by saying everything I want the vine to be about is this one thing, growing big people. And growing big people has been a great call to us. It's been this idea out of Ephesians 4 that that God's heart for every single one of us is that we would grow in Christ Jesus, becoming more and more like Him. And that discipleship focus is still the center of everything we do as a church. But in 2016, he began to speak about the next level. He said, look, if you're going to take really seriously the idea of growing big people, then you need to realize that we need to call the church to community. And so called to community became our next big thing in 2016. And it became the idea that if, if we really want to see people discipled, the best place for them to get discipled, the place where we all grow more in Christ is actually in those small communities where we're rubbing up against one another, where we're doing life together, where we're known and we're able to know others, where we can be vulnerable and open, have spiritual friendships, be connected in community. Those are the greatest moments of growth. We love what we do on a Sunday, but actually, it's the small communities where we really change. So if we want to be growing big people, then we need to call the church to community. Well, that was 2016. And then just a few years later, back last year, and right now with the season that we're in, he's now saying it's all about this river. Because if you believe that people are to become more and more like Christ Jesus, and if you believe that that really happens in small community, well, the natural next step is to think about how you're doing church. And so the river model has become central now for everything. And if I was to summarize what the river model is, if I was to put it into one clear sentence, here's how I would say it. The river model is the resolute conviction that church is not a program or a building, but a people. And if it is a people, then church happens wherever those people purposely live out their life, live out their faith, both independently and also in community with others. That's the the beauty of the river model. And if that's our commitment, if we're actually going to shift church in that direction, then really there are three main things that I think become central for us as the vine in this season. First of all, we have to realize that we're people focused. That everything we do now as a church is for us as a people, we have this beautiful diversity here at the vine where we 're all from different cultures and backgrounds, different socioeconomic status, and what god 's saying is that church needs to have multiple different kinds of expressions. Church, the river, should fit to the contours of the land around it if it 's people focused, then we need to listen to the people and shape a church that looks and expresses what is on the heart of our people so We are and must be people-focused. But in that, we're called to be gospel-centered. Now, this is a wonderful thing because the gospel is about centering ourselves in understanding God's heart, not just for us, but for all people. To say we're gospel-centered is to say that evangelism sits at the heart of everything that the river is about. We want that watering to go out to bring the gospel to all parts of our city. Gospel-centered also means that we express the love of Christ in multiple different ways. That includes mercy to the poor and the vulnerable. It means standing for justice for those that are oppressed. It means expressing multiple ways in which the gospel comes alive through the kingdom of God. We're people-focused, but we're centered on the gospel. Which leads us to the third and final thing. And that is that we're community seeking. And this really excites me. Because if the river is anything, it's about forming and creating and sustaining small communities of people that can truly do life and grow in Jesus. That we want to see new people coming to faith, bringing themselves into that community so that they can become the flourishing that God has for them. And so these three things sit at the heart of what the river is all about. We're people-focused, gospel-centered, community-seeking. Now, all of this was spoken by God right before everything that was about to change. And now and we can't miss the irony of this that God so loved us that he said, you need to know all of this because I'm about to shake up and change everything. I mean, none of us ever predicted that for 25 Sundays this year, our building has been closed and we've been doing this online community and church everywhere together uh, through the internet. No one thought that that was going to happen. And it's almost like God was saying, hey, speaking prophetically over us, look, I had prepared you. I had told you what was coming. I've then now pushed you into the river. Now I'm relieved releasing you. You need to go out into that river. I mean, just like my experience in the Philippines, we started out in that beautiful, calm, serene place. We had our life jackets and our paddles and birds were chirping and everything was fine. And it was like God was saying, enter into the river. And we thought it would all be nice and smooth. And then the rapids hit. (laughs) And then the protest came, then COVID came, and it felt like everything now had completely changed. And we're thrown about all over the place. And it's been really hard for all of us to find our feet, hasn't it? It's been hard for us to, to find the place where we can get connected again. And it feels like these rapids are disruptive of everything. And we have to realize that God is not surprised by any of this. That actually, I think he looks on the Vine Church and he says, I had prepared you. I've now pushed you. You're in the rapids. And my sense is that those rapids are going to continue. And the temptation that we're going to have as a church is exactly like my temptation back in the Philippines when I was 14 in those rapids. The temptation is to want to go back to the nice, kind of clean, serene, calm environment. Or the temptation is to grab a hold of that raft for as hard and as heavy as we possibly can for all dear life. And I feel like God is saying, no that yes, we will probably return to meeting in this building at some point in the near future and that'll be a great thing. But our desire is not to get back to some old past thing. You see, God is always moving the church forward. God is always moving us onwards. God celebrates the fact that there are new things ahead for us as the Vine Church. And if our desire is to go back, we're actually gonna miss out on the very thing He has for us. He wants us to press on and press forward. And if we hold on to the raft too tightly, we'll also realize that actually this whole thing is not about the raft at all, that actually Jesus wants us in the river itself. Letting go and being a part of his river in Hong Kong. Now I know that not all of that sounds particularly great. Not all of that sounds exciting. I know you'd probably rather me stand here before you today and say, I've heard from God and we're gonna enter into a nice calm time now. But I need to stand before you and say that things are changing and shifting and we'll continue to do so. But God is not surprised by any of it. And God has prepared us. And the question now comes to us, will we be ready? Are we actually ready to become the church that God has called us over a year and a half ago to be? Our intercessors have really felt this strongly on their hearts that we've had a season of preparation, but now is a time for the filling of the Holy Spirit. Now is a time for us to grow and change. Now is the time for us to let go and enter in. And I've realized over the last year that when God gave us this river model vision, that actually the river model is not what God is calling the vine church to. It's actually what He is calling you as a person to. Let me say that again. The river model is not what God is calling the vine to as a church. It's what He is calling you to as a person. You see, this is really important, church. Because if you think the river model is just about an institutional vision, it's about the the thing uh, of the church that you attend or go to, you're going to miss out completely. You see, this is actually about you as an individual. It's actually about everything God wants you to do in your life personally. You see, that change is not going to happen because of some great Vision Sunday sermon. As much as this is great right now, this is not what's going to affect that change in your life. It's going to happen because you're willing to change it's going to actually happen because God has something here for you, that God is calling you to realize that it's a time for you to grow and mature in your faith. It's going to happen because you are putting some roots down and saying, this is my city. These are my people. And I want to bring the gospel into these people. And it's going to happen because you realize and understand that you are a needed and valued single drop of water in the river that God is creating in Hong Kong right now. You are a valued and needed single drop of water. So let me tell you a little bit about a single drop of water. The first thing you need to know about a single drop of water is that it's absolutely completely unique. Inside every drop is a a unique makeup of bacteria and viruses. In in fact, if you were to take a single drop of seawater, what you would discover inside is over 10 million viruses, over 1 million bacteria, thousands of microbes all making up a completely unique mix that's unlike any other drop in the world. pretty gross, eh? But don't worry, none of those little nasties are in the water that we uh, get to drink here in Hong Kong. Here's the point, though. The point is this, is that every single water drop tells a unique story, and that story contributes to the wider story around it. I love the way that the 19th century American poet Lucy Larkin put it. She put it like this, She said, a single drop of water, if it could write its own history, would explain the universe to us. I love that idea that that a single drop of water could explain so much because of its unique story that it tells. And I want you to know that you are that single drop of water here in the river of God in Hong Kong. And you have unique gifts and callings and talents and a sphere of influence that no one else has. And you can tell a story of God that no one else can. And your story gets to contribute to the wider story of what God's river is doing in our city in this time. You are needed, you are valued, and you are unique. Now, you may not feel like that at all. You may feel like instead that you're actually not unique, not valued. You feel like you haven't got anything to say, that your talents don't mean anything to anyone. And if that's how you're feeling today, let me remind you of one important thing. There is incredible power in what a single drop of water can do as it consistently drops on something over a long period of time. We see this in science around the world. We we see this in those beautiful rock formations that we get to see in science where those single drops of water over a long time create such beautiful things in the rocks around it. And it is that that gives you a picture of hope that as you stay committed, as you stay rooted, as you stay committed to our city and the people here, your unique gifts can indeed change what is around you. And that is the excitement of you in the river. So that's the first thing. Single drops of water are unique. Here's the second thing. Single drops of water also long to galvanize together, to come together to form something greater than themselves. This is actually a a scientific phenomenon that's called cohesion. And this happens where the positive and negative charges of the hydrogen and the oxygen atoms, they come together. And as they come together, they form something greater. Now you'll see this scientific phenomenon all the time. I was on on a minibus just earlier this week in this crazy downpour and all these raindrops had collected on the window that I was looking out of. And and I could see these little individual raindrops kind of shooting down the window pane and finding each other and forming something bigger and then flowing on and picking up other raindrops and creating even bigger drops and falling down the pane. You've probably seen it yourself and... I think this is such a beautiful picture of what Christian community is all about. See, see, Christian community is this idea that we're not just individuals set out into the world with the gospel on our own, but no, we get to galvanize together. And we don't do this through a process of physical cohesion. We do it through a process of spiritual cohesion. As we sense the pulling of the Holy Spirit and the gospel that we stand for, we come together with our individual gifts and our stories, but we form something greater together than we could ever form if we're individual and isolated. And this puts, community right at the heart of what the river is all about. Yes, you're individually gifted. Yes, we're calling out you as a single drop, but you get to come together with like-minded people to create something even greater. And this is why we've invested so much here at The Vine in forms of community over the years. It's why we have our community group infrastructure and we want to invite you to join one if you've never joined one. It's why we have other expressions of community. Things like our our Chinese community, like Anchor and Tribe for our men and women, like Arise community for our refugees and asylum seekers or or even Philcom for our Filipino sisters amongst us. We have these communities because we believe that together we're greater than we are apart. This is why we want you to be involved with spiritual friendships here. Because as we begin to encourage each other, we're like those little drops of water that come together to create something even more profound. And all of this idea is captured for us in, in a passage of scripture that I want to read to us here as we continue our time together. And this passage of scripture is found in Job in chapter 26, actually it's 36, sorry, starting in verse 26. And let me read this to us. It says this, How great is God. He's beyond our understanding. The number of His years, is past finding out. Notice this. For He draws up the drops of water, which distill as rain into the rivers. The clouds pour down their moisture and abundant showers fall on humanity. Isn't that a beautiful passage of Scripture? And I, and I think this really resonates with exactly what the vision is for us this year. That God in His great might and in His power wants to draw up us as our single drops of water and then distill us together. I mean, think about that for a moment. This is the idea of God in His power and in His Holy Spirit distilling us pulling us together, taking out those impurities, dealing with our sin, healing us on the inside. And our intercessors have been hearing this as they've been praying about the river vision that we have. They've been hearing about healing and restoration. They've been hearing about the Holy Spirit filling us up and empowering us. This is the distilling that this passage speaks about, that we get to be distilled together, purified by the power of God's Spirit together, so that, not so that we would have some happy kind of Christian club on a Sunday, but so that we would then be distilled like rain to the rivers so that we would then be able to fall upon humanity, watering humanity with the gospel of Jesus. This is what the river is all about, that we would be drawn up, distilled with the power of the Holy Spirit and then sent out and sent out as a river to moisture and to fill and to pour out the gospel on all of humanity around us. Because we know that here in Christ, we have the very thing that our city needs Salvation, redemption, reconciliation, and then the empowering to live in a new humanity. That's what we get swept up in. And we find that incredibly exciting. In fact, it's for this reason that we've been doing everything that we've been doing in our recent season. It's for this reason why we've been looking at the pathways of maturity, why we've been looking at all the things that we've done with our call to community. We've been doing that because we believe at the center is God's drawing us together so that He can pour us out. And it starts because we are individuals placed in the body of Christ. And it is that individuality, it is that recognition of me as a single drop that drives everything that we do moving forward. Which is why the question that we have for us on this Vision Sunday this year, the question is not this. It's not what is the vine's vision for the future. That's not the right question to ask. Instead, the question is this one. What part of Hong Kong am I called to water with the unique gifts, calling, and life that I lead? And who is it that God is drawing alongside of me so that I can do that work with? That's what God is asking of us, that's the thing that God has on his heart. He he wants to bring us together so that we can partner with one another. And we should be asking that question, what am I uniquely gifted for? What has God done in my life? What is the sphere of influence I'm in? What what is my family? What is my my workplace? And how can I water humanity with the distilling power of God in the place that he's put me in? If you ask that question, you're going to get swept up In the river. And I think this is so empowering for us because it centers us into the very thing that we need to think about. And it's this that the water drops shape the river just as much as the river shapes the water drops. Come on, church, think about this. The water drops shape the river just as much as the river shapes the water drops. Your story, your uniqueness, the thing that you have coming together with those around you, being drawn up and brought together by God, that has the power to shape all of the river itself. As your senior pastor, I'm asking the question, what God are you doing amongst our people? Because what you're doing amongst our people is what you want to be doing in the river. And my job is to discern that and to see that and then come alongside, fan into flame, the very things that God is doing amongst you as those single drops. And I tell you, church, we have hundreds of these single drops already at work doing amazing things, taking this vision of the river and already distilling it into the places of humanity where they are planted in. And I want to actually now introduce you to three of those single drops and show you their story.
1: Hi, I'm Allison. I've been a part of the Vine Church for the last 10 years, and I currently work for a large bank here in Hong Kong.
2: My name's Mike Powers. I'm a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. I teach Jiu-Jitsu here in Central and I've been here uh, for seven years from California. I came over and I've been at the Vine for seven years.
3: Hello, I'm Teresa. I'm a doctor and I've been in the Vine for a number of years now.
1: I'm also part of the Vine's School missions team. A couple of months ago, Amir, who is um, a colleague of mine and also a part of the Vine church, uh, decided to invite pastors Andrew Gardiner and Jess Evans to come to our department's open house to speak on the topic of fear. They were able to share about the topic of fear without the usual Christian language or in a Christian context. The participants were able to engage with this topic in a very inviting and fun way, and they found it to be very relevant and it touched many of them immensely.
2: Just recently, I've been helping sex trade workers to defend themselves. Brittany is, you know, Pastor Ellison's wife. She came to me with uh, four or five different organizations. The pimps, I guess, were attacking them and so I've been teaching them how to defend themselves spiritually and physically. And I have a refugee special program of battered women through an organization called RUN that I've been helping out to empower them and teach them self-defense things. And then um, just my students every day, you know, and just mentoring and building people up. It's been an amazing seven years here.
3: So I use God's gift for me as a doctor to do medical work in mission fields. So I do a lot of overseas medical missions. So countries have been to include China, Madagascar, Zambia and Philippines. And in these work that we do, we use our medical service to provide surgeries or basic medical screening to provide some help for them. And in return also share to them about God's love for us. And that is why we love them unconditionally as well.
2: And so my heart behind all of this stuff is just what God wants to get people saved, get back to heaven, um, and this is the goal, and so I'm very simple-minded. You know, I pray and I read every day, I P-R-O, pray, read, and obey, and I try and help other people do the same, to have a relationship with Jesus. Love people, love God.
3: So what was most rewarding and memorable was once after the surgery, the mother came and said to us, God bless you for all the good works that you have done. So I really appreciate how through these, I see that God truly works through us to bring His love to those in China, and also that they would feel, truly get to know God from what we do for them as well.
1: I was super encouraged that we were able to bring God's love um, and truth in a relevant way, such as through the topic of fear, by going into the actual workplace. And I can't wait to see what, will, what would become next out of all of this. I'm Alison, and I'm a drop in the river.
2: My name is Mike Powers, and I'm a drop in the river.
1: I am
3: Teresa and I am a drop in the river.
0: I love those stories. And actually they remind me of this uh, quote from Desmond Tutu. Let me read this to you. It says this, Too frequently we think that we have to do spectacular things. Yet if we remember that the sea is actually made up of drops of water and each drop counts, each one of us can do our little bit where we are. Those little bits can come together and almost overwhelm the world. Each one of us can be an oasis of peace. I love that picture. That each one of us can be an oasis of peace as we do the very thing that God's called us to do, that small little, maybe almost imperceptible thing in our place of sphere of influence. In doing that, we can show the world, show our neighbors the true love of God. And that is exactly why we do the River Vision here at The Vine. You see, it's really important that we understand that we're not doing this river, that we're not launching ourselves into it. We're not trying to reorientate our whole church around it out of fear. We're not doing it out of some response to what's happening in society, that we're we're fearful that something might take place in the future. Therefore, we need to change everything to be like the river. No, we're doing the river out of love the centrality of the reason why we're doing it is because we love God so much that we desire to express that love in the most tangible ways we can in all of society around us. That the love of God has so changed us, so touched us and renewed us, that we want to now not just express that love to Him, but find ourselves being able to love one another truly as brothers and sisters. Even in the midst of all of our diversity, live out that love that we've received from God towards each other. And then not just towards us as brothers and sisters in Christ, but actually then to learn what it is to love our neighbors as ourselves. That the centrality of God's love to us overflows in our love for ourselves, our love for one another and our love for neighbor around us. That my friends is what drives the river vision here at the Vine. And that must remain the centerpiece of that vision. If it ever becomes anything other than love, we're no longer bringing delight to God's heart. That's how serious I think God takes the centrality of his love into this for us in this season. And as I think about love, I I think about how can we as a church best orientate ourselves to supporting you in the river in the next 12 to 24 months ahead. So let let me share some ideas about how in love we wanna be doing that for you. The first is this, we think that there's gonna be a real need for us to focus in the next 12 to 24 months on the tributary side of the river. And the tributary side is really those small expressions of community. You know, if COVID has taught us anything, it's the reality that actually gathering together in smaller communities is very much gonna be on God's heart in this new river model as we roll it out. And I would say maybe a year ago when I gave this River Vision to us for the first time in March 2019, I think I had in my mind that the secondary rivers would be the most important. These like little campus plants all over the city, little churches expressing themselves around the city. And, And we may well do that in the future. That may well still be on God's heart. But what we're discerning right now is that rather than planting some secondary churches around the place, we actually want to begin to really empower and grow these smaller communities. And they could look like a lot of different things, whether there might be house church expressions meeting together in a home on a Sunday, whether they're interest groups connecting together, whether it's people meeting in cafes and bringing the gospel in those ways. There's lots of different ways that these smaller communities can begin to be expressed. But we believe that's something that we need to put some energy and resource around in this time of our focus in the kingdom of God here. In the city, And one of the ways that we're going to do that is we're going to begin to really begin to to build and to plan and to strategize a network of these individual communities around the place. And we've already begun to work with a small group of people that are beginning to pray and think and strategize around that. And included in that are a couple of external consultants who have been running small house church movements for many years. And they're helping us to understand how we can add that to our portfolio of expression of church here at The Vine. It's not that we're getting rid of our Sunday gatherings, but we do want to emphasize and shift towards thinking about these smaller expressions and the fruit that they can bring to all of the things that are just ahead of us. And so that's our tributaries, and we're gonna be really shifting towards that in this near future. But it's not just infrastructure that we're shifting. We also realize in this season, we need to shift actually our spirits. We need a discipleship shift. And one of the things that we're gonna be doing as we focus on this is to help each one of us begin to grow in Christ in new and fresh ways. And this is very central to rolling out the river. And I think there really are two main things within our discipleship formation that we're gonna be focusing on in the year ahead. The first is this, we wanna help connect our faith to what is happening in society. You see, one of the things that we struggle with in the church is this sacred-secular divide. Where we've kind of made some things like church really holy and good, and then everything outside of it bad and evil. And that divide isn't healthy at times because it makes us look down on things that actually we wanna try to connect our faith to so that we can understand that God cares about every aspect of society. And we feel with this river model, God's wanting to uproot and tear down that kind of unhelpful, sacred, secular divide. And instead, he wants to plant in us actually a new way of thinking, a new type of discipleship, that enables me, whether it's my family or my workplace or the stuff that's happening politically or or the things that are just going on relationally in my life, that I can take what I know about Christ and Jesus and connect it in healthy ways to the other things that are happening around me. And over the next 12 months in particular, we really wanna disciple ourselves in really four key main areas. The first is this, it is faith and society and faith and church then faith and culture, and finally faith and community. And that is our heart. If we can help to structure that discipleship program for us, whether that's from the pulpit teaching in our community groups, in the ways that we're dialoguing and growing together, however it might manifest, we wanna make sure that those four things are central so that we can be embedded in this idea that God is at work in everything around us and how do we fan into flame the work of the kingdom and the gospel in our city? So that's the first thing, helping us connect our faith to all that's happening in society. Here's the second thing. We wanna help us also, all of us, to broaden our spiritual foundations. This is really important for us as we begin to think about these next steps. You see, I think if COVID-19 has taught us anything, it's taught us this, that we have become perhaps overly dependent on this one idea of what faith is, that it is expressed in this gathering together for 90 minutes on a Sunday. And when COVID forced us out of the four walls of our church buildings and forced us all online, what happened for many of us is it really actually seriously impacted our faith because so much of our faith was placed on just that one foundation. Let, Let me give you actually an example of how I think this works. Take a look at this Chung Chung Deep game. You've probably played this game once or twice before in your life. My daughter loves to play it. We call it Jenga. Now this can represent, I think, so well for us how we so often in our Christian faith place a lot of what we think about discipleship and God just on this one thing called a church service on a Sunday. And everything in our faith is built and hung on this one little foundation of that 90 minute service on a Sunday. And when COVID comes along or something else comes along and just threatens to remove that one thing, the rest of the house, the rest of our faith structures, they all fall down because we're replacing it on only one thing. And I believe actually what God wants us to do in this time in our society, and in this time of COVID-19 and everything around it is broaden our foundations so they're not sitting on just that one thing. I wanna ask us a a challenging question. Is our faith too dependent on our Sunday gatherings? That's something I wanna really ask you to reflect around. Is your faith too dependent on Sunday gatherings? Because if they are, then I, I, I think what God is inviting us into with the river model is to broaden that to actually begin to think about some wider ways in which we need to invest our faith, to deepen our faith and put them on foundations that's not just the one thing. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't like Sunday gatherings. We love to gather together as we do here at The Vine on Sundays, worshiping God. And we're gonna continue to do that. But if that's your source of your faith, if your whole house is built on that one thing, I would say you're in very dangerous ground. And actually, I would argue it mostly like this. You see, when you are going through the hardest time in life, someone else's faith is not gonna cut it for you. Come on, church, think about this. When you're in the hardest time of your life, like we have been in the last year, somebody else's faith, somebody else's hope, somebody else's relationship with God is not gonna cut it for you. If you're too dependent on a pastor, too dependent on a preacher, too dependent on a certain kind of church, too dependent on, on a service that you're gonna get, that's not gonna stand up for you when your life is crumbling. You need to have strong foundations for yourself. You need to need to know what you're rooted in and grounded in for yourself. You'll need, you're going to need to invest in and to really embrace all those spiritual disciplines that keep you rooted and growing in Christ. You see, that's why over the next 12 months, we're actually gonna be rolling out here at the Vine. I'm really excited about this. What we're calling a spiritual formation toolkit. And the spiritual formation toolkit is designed to give you the very basic foundations to broaden your faith for yourself so that you're not dependent on any one particular thing, but you have the right kind of spiritual disciplines in life that no matter what we might face, no matter what challenges might be there ahead of us, we will be able to really reinstate ourselves back into a solid footing. And That's what we wanna do with this toolkit. And that's why we're actually rolling it out in the next 12 months. And alongside of that, we're gonna have a teaching series. We're gonna have ways in which we can embrace that toolkit very practically into the things that we do in life. And it's really gonna be a way for you to say, you know what, I'm gonna take my spiritual discipline seriously. I'm actually going to invest for myself, broaden my horizons, make sure that my feet are firmly planted, not in one thing, but in the breadth of God's work in my life. Through prayer, through scripture devotion, through meeting together in those small groups, I'm gonna be well-rooted for anything that is about to come before me. And that is what is so exciting and so needed for us. Without it, we run the risk of becoming stagnant. And a river that is stagnant is no longer a river, it's a lake. And God hasn't called us here at the Vine to to a lake model vision. He's called us to the river. And although that's uncomfortable and hard at times, although all those rapids and things that come around us overwhelm us and, and sort of seek to disrupt us, Here's the thing that we know about God. He's actually created us for the rapids. All of which reminds me of that image that we started this time with together today of me on that whitewater rafting experience in the Philippines. And as I reflect back on that experience, I I realize that it it wasn't my skill with the paddle that was going to help me survive that day. It wasn't how hard I could grasp onto the raft that would ensure that I survived. The only reason I survived that day was because of the instructor who was sitting in the back. The one who was the expert. The one who knew the rapids really well. The one who was able to help get us down and out of the dangerous spots. And it reminds me that this river vision that we have, we're destined to fail unless we ensure that Jesus is in the center of it all at all times. Jesus and Jesus alone is the one who can enable us to navigate the rapids that we're facing right now and that we're definitely gonna be facing also in the future. Jesus is the only one not our paddle, not our life jacket, not other things, but Christ and Christ alone, who stands with us, who parts those seas, who walks through the hardest times, who gets us through because He loves us. And so as we invest ourselves in our spiritual formation, as we make sure those foundations are broad, as we keep Jesus in the middle of it, no matter what rapids we may face, we're able to keep on moving forward as a mighty church changing this city for the gospel. So let me finish with this. You see, if you can live a life without God, then you need to get a new life come on church, this is so key. If you can live a life without God, you need to get yourself a new life. If God is just a a simple kind of appendage onto your life, if he's 90 minutes for you on a Sunday and then you forget about him for the rest of the week, if he's just that one little thing that you add on every once in a while to make yourself feel better, to kind of get through the tough times, if he's this add-on to you, you need to get a new life. You need to live a life that is so dangerous, so out there, so sacrificial, that if Christ doesn't show up, that if he's not central to it, you're destined to fail. That's the kind of life that Christ invites us into. That's what this river thing is all about. He wants us in the rapids, not alone, not in fear, not out of control, but with him right beside us, navigating us down, growing in him, rooted in the gospel, watering the city with his love. And so as we sit with that reality We get to realize what really is in the middle of all of this for us. That God will always call you to a life that you cannot live without Him. He will always do that. And that is the heart of our river vision. So will you, a single drop of water, Allow yourself to be drawn up by the Holy Spirit, distilled by Him together as a community so that we would be sent forth like rain on the dry and weary humanity around us. Will we allow ourselves to be a part of this river, not for our glory, but so that the gospel would find its root now for our people? Will we give ourselves completely to Him? If that's you, can I invite you now to pray with me? Let's pray. Father, we just come before you with this great and weighty vision you've given us. We come before you with this soberness, this reality that you call us to a life that is worth living only if we would fail without you. And so Father, as we turn our hearts to you again, as we recognize that we are these single drops of water, unique storytellers in this time, Ones that are attracted to one another with that spiritual cohesion to be something greater than we would ever be on our own. Ones that are committed to the tributaries, watering the far reaches of this community that you've put us in. Ones who understand the importance of the breadth of our spiritual foundations so that we can stand strong no matter the waves or the rapids around us. Ones who are so dependent on your love that without it, We are nothing. Lord, we pray for our city. We pray for the realities of all that we're facing right now. And we do not move in fear, but we move in love. May your love overwhelm us. And may your love be seen in every district, every neighborhood, every street, every home. And may this be for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.